Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. If this is indeed your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degree-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well, wokeism's ESG, DEI, and CRT are provably killing banks, beer, and banter rights in speech. So we're going to be trying to explain why and how it can be stopped. Now, of course, ESG is environment, social, and government. Uh, DEI is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And CRT is critical race theories. These uh, are all terms that actually... Uh, camouflage their own direct antithesis. <laughs> okay, They're meant to sound as if they're in opposition to the very thing they practice. Uh, and, and it's real, like, like for Antifa, anti-fascism is what that stands for. Well, of course, it embodies the very fascism it's ostensibly against. So it calls itself the opposite of what it actually is. We, we want to get into that because you have parents who are being demonized. You have uh, school districts in California where the teachers are, are armed with laws that allow them to prevent parents from knowing that uh, their kids are being groomed in a gender identity direction uh, with which they're really too young uh, to, to, to be uh, deliberating at this age. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, think about it. Parents actually uh, have to have their permission uh, sought if the kids are going to go on a field trip. Oh, but whether or not they're going in the direction of gender reassignment allocation, I mean, gender reassignment uh, operations, oh, this is a, an entirely different matter. Also, I want to talk about, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, how we have... Biden wanting to expand EV purchase interest with tens of thousands of charging stations. But counterintuitively, the guy signed laws constraining both 
with domestic content requirements, even as most electricity is created by the very fossil fuels he wants to end. What is next? What is indeed next? I'll tell you what, before we go any further, let me introduce old friend of the show, uh, Greg Wheeler, Republican congressional candidate for Ohio's 13th District. He's an attorney, accountant, and pilot. Uh, good to have you back. Greg, how are you today? I'm well. Thanks for having me today. Oh, good to have you. Good to have you. By the way, one of these uh, uh, banks, of course, that got ruptured by, by wokeism, as we all remember, is the Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, it went under, um, well, just last month. And um, most... Uh, most prominent lenders are in tech, but uh, they went ahead and they had, you know, lending practices subjected to things that don't really have necessarily everything to do with fiscal viability. And, 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 right. and I do want to return to that in a bit, but I want to always ask you about something, my friend. Three state House Democrats wound up switching to the Republican Party in a single month, and this has actually resulted in two state houses securing a supermajority. I think it was... Uh, uh, North Carolina and Louisiana, if memory serves. What do you think? Are there finally some cracks showing in the woke Nazis' armor? What say you? Well, I would say that, you know, if you look at, for example, North Carolina, which is, uh, I think it's Trisha Cotham, um, the reason that she had flipped was largely due to school choice issues. And, you know, kids are important to all adults who have kids. It's important to all adults who just are forward-thinking and realize that kids are our future. And the reality is, is that, the public policy decisions, which the Democrats have been backing for the last decade, are flippantly just ridiculous and really make no sense. And school choice allows for people to have the freedom to make their own decisions and decide where they're going to send their kids. I think any adult, regardless of their part, you know, partisan affiliation, who stops and thinks about the logic of having the free choice to decide where you're going to send your kids, agrees with that issue. And then, you know, we as Republicans support that. And suddenly you see a Democrat who flips in the state and gives a supermajority. And, you know, the consequences of that for North Carolina are very positive. It results in a supermajority. It allows them to handle some redistricting issues without any real major issue. Yeah, because, if every, it, yeah, because the governor in that state is a Democrat, and now uh, there's some serious veto power, or I should say um, uh, overriding of veto power yeah. now in the hands of the Republicans in those states. But, you know, in another state, uh, Mass- not Massachusetts, but rather Maryland, uh, they had a law similar uh, to what you described, a, a parental rights law, and the legislature just got rid of it. They, they don't want to hear about it. Well, you know, it's, I guess it's interest of different states, and it depends on the, the leaders who people are electing. But, you know, the, fundamentally, I think the question is, is, are the Democrats going too far? I think the truth is somewhere in the middle and when you go so far to the left that it's questionable to somebody who's serving in office as a Democrat, them switching to Republican doesn't seem outlandish to me. And we've seen it happen multiple times in the last month. And I think we'll continue to see it happen as, as you know, politics gets crazier and crazier. Well, they think they can get away with it because uh, of, you know, the name in, 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 in which they're, they're practicing their agenda. Uh, they they believe that as long as they first say that, hey, uh, here's my laudable goal, therefore you have to accept my agenda, that the agenda, therefore, has to be accepted. In other words, you know, we all love mom and apple pie. Here's my agenda to achieve it. If you oppose my agenda, it means you're against mom and apple pie. That That's not the right. case. For instance, you can be pro-transgender community while still recognizing the inherently unfair physical advantage that transgender females have over naturally born females in competitive sports. 
But if Absolutely. you point that out, you're characterized as being anti-transgender uh, when nothing could be farther from the truth. We can be pro-transgender. What the problem is is when people practice these forms of bizarre uh, identity politics, and, and that's all that's happening right now. You, you, right. you have, for They're instance, socialism relabeled as social justice and then attached to these minority identity groups so that if you're then subsequently critical of socialism, you can be characterized as being critical of that minority identity group uh, behind which uh, that relabeled socialism has been placed because that's all it is. Socialism has just been relabeled as social justice. And because it's been right. attached to these minority identity groups, if you are now critical of socialism, again, you're now, you're now eviscerated as someone who's, uh, oh, you're just being critical of this minority identity group behind which that relabeled socialism has been placed. And these are the hide-behind tactics that the left are using but I think people are catching on to these tactics more and more, or am I being overly sanguine about that? What say you, sir? Well, I would say you can see it most evidently in the business sector. You know, a lot of people are apolitical or don't pay attention, but in business, they kind of have to pay attention because it affects their bottom line. And so they've adopted, you know, these DEI and ESG policies. And as a result, their bottom lines are being hit and they're starting to suffer from it and they're starting to walk back those changes. And I, I think that... You know, we can see that the banking industry is having some consequences as a result of just adopting the ESG into their finance. You know, business is there to make money, and a a board of a corporation is responsible to its stockholders to ensure that it's profitable. And if instead of being profitable, they're making decisions that are focusing on, you know, environmental and social and governance-related issues and not on doing what is in But, Greg, you know, let me ask you something. What you talk about is very real. I mean – I mean, if I invest money in a company, I want its primary concern to be all about the most return for my investment can be that can be realized. I don't want to be subsidizing social consciousness exercises commensurate with one party's uh, philosophical view of the world or another. And my understanding is that there's a law that makes that the case, the ERISA law. And now Biden, with his executive order, seems to be circumventing that law. I mean, look. An executive order is something that should always be allowed. It has full throttle strength, but only over its section of the government. We have three branches, uh, right. and each branch's reach only goes as far as the next one's begins. You know, and it strikes me that he's violating the law on point by giving financial managers permission to do that which is uh, completely opposed by the ERISA law. Where am I mistaken? Actually, I tell you what, if you can, Greg, hold on the line for just a second, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. New research released to mark the International Day of Math reveals that math is the subject most American adults say they're afraid of, but it's also the subject they most want their children to be good at. So to help them support their children in building confidence with numbers, a new, fun and engaging computer game called Teach Your Monster Number Skills has hit the market. Junaid Mabeen is a math expert from Number Skills, and he says building your child's confidence from an early age is vital. Getting kids confident with numbers from a very young age is so important to their long-term success in mathematics. And the reason I use Teach Your Monster Number Skills with my own children is that it teaches them about numbers, about how creative and, and playful numbers can be. It's very fun and also educationally very powerful. 
You can download this great game today. Just search for Teach Your Monster Number Skills Online. It's available on all desktop and mobile devices. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Glad you could be with us. Uh, by the way, again, three House uh, Democrats switched to the Republican Party in a single month, resulting in two state houses securing a supermajority. Are there finally some cracks showing in the woke Nazis' armor? This happened in North uh, Carolina as uh, well as Louisiana. And um, you got to wonder, is the left getting the point? Probably not. They won't ever get the point. But they can't be leveraged out of existence, and the people who get the point are those who vote. 
and uh, hopefully uh, more and more people are catching on, and we're going to see the, that manifest itself in 2024. Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing offer to the show Greg Wheeler. He's also Republican congressional candidate for Ohio's 13th district. He's an attorney and accountant as well as a pilot. Greg, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, very quickly, uh, how's your campaign going? How do you look? Oh, good. You know, I, I we had a crazy 60-day primary last year, and I kind of came out of nowhere. The establishment had no idea who I was. I had no contacts in D.C. I'm in D.C. this week meeting with people. That's how well the race is going. And it's been uh, incredibly humbling to have as much support from the local community going into the race this time. It's it's like I've adopted a new family. It's it's uh, overwhelmingly positive, I would say. It's well, I'm glad, that, I'm glad you're resonating effectively. Listen, we were talking about... Um, how uh, you know Joe Biden is 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 given the go ahead for uh, and financial managers to go ahead and not just only consider um, return on investment as a guide when it comes to uh, working with um, retirement funds, but can also look at ESG, environmental, social, and and governance. And the reality is, uh, when that becomes the primary measure of how a company operates versus uh, the measure being what can bring about the greatest return for investment, we have consistently seen those companies uh, either A, fall by the wayside, or B, uh, you know, experience a declination of a, pr- a productivity. Obviously, it happened with uh, Silicon Valley uh, Bank in California. We saw a signature bank out of New York. Um, we see it happening right now with Anheuser-Busch going woke. Uh, they're seeing people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that's not necessarily having to do with uh, – investment strategies, but we are seeing uh, a lot of damage being done anytime wokeism uh, is supplanting um, fiscal viability um, focus. And, 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 yeah. and it seems that when looking at these investment plans, uh, ERISA should be stopping this. Now, Biden came up with the executive order that allows for this. Well, the departments uh, uh, involved are, are, are going along with it. Uh, Department of Labor more specifically. But ERISA says the primary measure of how investments should be handled should be return on investment. Now, granted, there's a lot of flexibility the Department of Labor has in this regard, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know if flexibility goes this far. And, and, and it does look as if some sort of a lawsuit could be brought. Where am I mistaken? Well, I, w- I would, uh, you know, speaking as an attorney and an accountant, the my opinion is is that there is grounds for lawsuits here because if I'm putting my retirement money into your account through being a stockholder and expecting you to help me increase my earnings and plan a retirement with that, and then you instead are using the funds that I've given and charitably contributing without my consent and acting in such a way that isn't increasing my profits, you're doing the opposite of the purpose of business. And, you know, go woke, go broke is a common statement. But I think the, the reality of what's happening today in the business world is that people who aren't paying attention to business are starting to realize that businesses are doing things that they shouldn't have been doing for the last few years, and they're starting to suffer the consequences of it. And as more and more people wake up to what's happening, I think the consequences will be far more reaching and far more heavily felt. And I think that lawsuits are imminent because you cannot, as a business, just not do what is in the best interest of business. The, the rules on that, as far as, you know, the legality are pretty straightforward. You know, most of this is handled at a state level, not a federal level, and I'm running for a federal seat. But the, 
you could have a benefit corporation. You can do that in the state of Ohio, and that benefit corporation would allow you to conduct business without focusing on profit as much. But if you're a standard C corporation that's operating for profit and you're not maximizing profit, you are not doing what is obligated by the law. Right, and this is despite the flexibility that uh, – well, what, what are the departments most involved with this? Was that right with the Department of Labor? Department of Labor. I mean, and then you're also going to run into things like, for example, the financial group. So uh, SEC and what you're going to be required to disclose, uh, anything that's touching, especially when you're looking at the specific industry regulators are also going to have, you know, if you're a bank, what you're disclosing and how you're addressing your banking regulation requirements. So it's really going to be an industry-specific level of compliance at the federal level, as well as the, because really the problem with ESG are they getting is, around it? Let me. I'm looking at the clock. Are they getting around it by saying, "Look, we're not obligating them to. We're just saying they are now permitted to." I think that's what it is. They uh, said they are now allowed to. These financial, these uh, fund managers are allowed to consider ESG uh, as a primary and no longer be bound to only looking at return on investment, ostensibly because oh, by looking at ESG overall, eventually all investment will be that that much more protected. Uh, it, it's a presupposition masquerading a settled argument versus showing how that argument was ever actually settled, but that's still their, their rationale. That's their narrative. Oh, go ESG, and the profits will eventually follow because we'll all be living in a more responsible world. But the bottom right. line is that's a general observation in response to a very specific um, activity going on, which is right. once you stop making... Uh, a return on investment, the primary uh, guide for financial managers, that's when investors are are most quickly harmed, or am I mistaken? Right. Well, what they originally said was that by doing these things, it will increase our long-term goodwill and increase our long-term profitability from the goodwill of making these equitable decisions. But the problem is that's false. People don't agree with that, and people are spending their money against it. And as a result, the long-term profitability is not there. And that is in part where I think the lawsuits might actually be at. And so they, Let me ask you, know, you, is you, it possible that the lawsuits might be a moot point in that um, companies are not obligated to go ESG, the executive order now just permits them to. So you can still be a financial manager and say, I don't want to go ESG. I want to stick to return on investment. And the Biden administration can't do anything about it, right? Because it's not an obligatory thing. It's just saying, oh, you now can go woke, but you don't have to. That might be right. there out. Or am I seeing too much into this, your sense? No, no I, that's possible. And the, that's a question for people who are looking at the specific facts of specific cases with actual numbers. And, you know, we're more theoretically talking about this on radio show. And so the, I think that, yes, your hypothesis there is partially correct. But I think that also... The consequences on the market for these companies who have been doing this is kind of speaks for itself and will continue to do so. And I think that what we'll see is a shift away from it by companies realizing that, okay, if we don't make immediate imminent changes to what is happening, we're going to collapse. And you can see that across the multi. I mean, look at Disney. Look at some of these household brand names that have completely tarnished their reputation with the average consumer because of decisions that have been made within the last few years. And the consequences of those decisions are going to be felt for Why is Disney many taking so long in your, to, 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 I, to wake up? Why is I, you it, know, they, bad management. <laughs> I mean, how come they're taking so – they're still out there doing the same thing. It's as if they, yep. they're, they're not learning. They see their bottom line uh, falling apart. 
They see the yeah, prophets dropping out of the sky like planes on fire, but they still are are going on with this behavior. Why, in your estimation? Uh, because they are ideologues who believe that they're right and they're willing to suffer the financial consequences of it. Well, eventually the reality will hit them in the face. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's day and on random occasions throughout the year they're drawn to each other though they are each too insecure to be their true selves so what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist author elise bryant this is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? 
Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, every year. Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, some fairly recent news here. Would I call it breaking? Maybe. Uh, looking at this Fox piece here. Uh, Biden administration officials were involved in Mar-a-Lago raid despite claiming otherwise. According to a report, the FBI gained access to Trump documents through a White House special access request. The Biden administration involved itself in the raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, despite reports that its officials were stunned to find out about the news on social media. Uh, quote, the evidence further suggests that Biden officials in the executive office of the president and the Department of Justice unlawfully abused their power and then lied about it to the American people, unquote, said Reed D. Rubenstein, American First, America First Legal Senior Counsel and Director of Oversight and Investigations, uh, said this in a post on social media. Uh, quote, this government, it seems, acknowledges no limits on its powers to harass, intimidate, and silence its political opponents, unquote. Rubenstein's comments come, from, uh, come after a Freedom of Information Act request by America First Legal found uh, that the FBI initially obtained access to Trump records through a, quote-unquote, special access request from the Biden White House. So you actually have a sitting president of the United States essentially and proactively manipulating and calling for investigations of his political opponents all under the trappings of officialdom. This is very, very serious. Or maybe I'm seeing too much into this. Let me go ahead and check with an uh, old friend of the show, none other than former State Senator Ted Harvey. He is chairman of the uh, Committee to Defeat the President at StopJoe.com. He served as a White House staffer under President Ronald Reagan, also as district office manager for Congressman Joel Heffley. And uh, he himself served in Colorado's House of Representatives before he went on uh, to the Senate. Uh, Senator, good to have you back. And what say you to all this? Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, this should surprise nobody. 
Um, there's no way. No, no, let, let me FBI... say something here. I'm not surprised by it. I'm just surprised that it's getting revealed. That's what I find surprising, that we're ever getting to learn about it being confirmed. I, I, I mean, wow. Well, well I, I, I actually had heard um, parts of this when it happened. Um, there's no way that a field office in, in Florida would raid the former president's home without asking at the highest levels for approval. And um, I would yeah, say but the highest levels would be would the highest levels of the DOJ or the FBI, not necessarily the president's office, even though he's technically over because it's part of the executive branch. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, unless the president wants to be easily tagged as abusing his powers, uh, he likes to ensure that investigations of these kinds are seen as having originated perhaps from the highest levels, but those highest levels still being at the level of the agency, not the White House. Well, of course, any president's going to want to have plausible deniability. But um, I would typically say even then nobody would do this without having the White House give the sign-off to raiding a former president's house. But in this situation, um, I don't believe anybody would agree that – um, Joe Biden, in his mental state, is taking the steps to sign off on raiding Donald Trump's house. I don't think anybody thinks he's signing off on anything. It is purely the people in the White House that are running the, the country right now, and it's not the president of the United States. So I still say President Biden has pr- plausible deniability because he has no clue what's going on with anything in his administration. Yes, yes. But his plausible deniability, of course, is not even plausibly... Um, applicable because he's, it's still incumbent <laughs> upon him. <laughs> it's still yeah. incumbent upon him. Yeah. So if his people do this in his name, it's still him, and he yeah. doesn't get to Without he doesn't get to distance himself from himself. <laughs> okay, he doesn't just get to distance himself from himself. Um, so this White House uh, can still be. Let me ask you: In your estimation, are what, what are the legal ramifications here for the White House if the White House is seen? as unlawfully using uh, law enforcement powers for political gain, uh, that in and of itself raises constitutional violations, does it not? Well, you'd have to prove that it was illegal um, to raid Trump's house. Um, I I always say in situations like this where you're going to have arguments over legality, it's going to come down to the voters. And are the voters going to accept this kind of outrageous behavior on behalf of the White House, or are you going to throw them out and teach all future politicians a lesson that you cannot abuse your power and go beyond the, the, your, your legal constitutional roles, or you're going to be thrown out of office? I don't believe that there's any legal co- abilities, and I don't believe that, certainly don't believe the Republicans in Congress are going to try to impeach anybody. So I'm going to... Unfortunately, we're going to be left to leaving it up to the voters of America to hold people accountable. But if you're getting warrants, I mean, didn't, wouldn't that still take a warrant? I mean, warrants was still required for the FBI to go in and raid the house. I mean, it's, it's still a fourth. There's still Fourth Amendment considerations here. Now, how are those warrants secured? I mean, why don't they say so? A judge, huh? They would have had to have gone to a judge to get a warrant. Well, Only clearly, a judge can offer 
But but so, but in order to earn that warrant, they have to show uh, probable cause. And um, you know, we were told that all this was initiated by the archives. Yeah, you know, but the, the FBI can't go in and do a raid of a former president without a warrant, even if the archives is pounding their chest and demanding Oh, no, no, it. they needed the, the warrant, FBI but it's, but it's the grounds to. on which they predicated the justification for that warrant uh, that has me scratching my head. Um, and with, without the, you know, with the president's involvement not being disclosed to the judge upon whom the FBI prevailed for said warrant, I think, would constitute an illegal disconnect, or am I seeing too much into it? Um, I, I think that the archives could still make the argument that he has these documents illegally and the FBI can say, yes, we need a warrant and the White House can sign off on it, um, even if it is all done for pure political reasons to be able to mark up the president going into a 2024 election cycle. And what do you the White think House are going to be the ramifications for this administration after having made it abundantly clear over and over nothing. and over again, Jean-Pierre, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre made it abundantly clear that the White House had nothing to do with it, and they didn't learn about it until everybody else learned about it, when obviously the opposite was true. What do you think will be the, the political consequences for that? The, the, this administration has been gaslighting the American people since the first day they walked into office, and nobody has held them accountable for it, and I don't believe they will uh, legally – either on this issue and i think it's going to be the american people and i think they will i think this administration is going to be thrown out in mass do you remember the uh foreign policy advisor for donald trump's campaign who had um a warrant served on him do you remember him right yes pardon me go ahead not papadopoulos papadopoulos Um, Gate, um, what's his name? Um, the name escapes me. I can't believe it. The other one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, 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 I know I, you're I talking about. I cannot believe I'm forgetting this guy's name. <laughs> anyway, it was understood that uh, the FBI behaved wrongly. Their own Inspector General Horowitz pointed that out. Uh, and Christopher Ray, head of the FBI, had to apologize for the, for the pretext on, on which uh, those warrants were based. You have to show just cause. You have to show good cause. Um, I'm wondering if some of that's going to be tarnished because of these developments. <laughs> and you bring up this issue about the FBI getting FISA warrants, the FBI doing this, the FBI doing that, and nobody went to jail for it. Um, again, it, nobody's going to be held legally liable for this. Nobody will be held criminally liable for it, but hopefully some people lose their jobs and um, lose their elected office and don't ever get to serve in American politics ever again. But again, nobody was held legally liable. Even when the Republicans held Congress and they were lying to Congress, nobody, no no Democrat was held legally liable for lying to Congress. Only Republicans who supported Donald Trump would be charged with that. Um, do you think people just have to accept that, take it? I mean, is there really no institutional redress available? I mean, it can't always be just raw about the vote. Democrat. Well, get the right people in power. I mean, you and I are supposed to have our constitutional uh, protections uh, always in place, regardless of who's elected to uh, uh, national office. Isn't that fair to say? 
Only if you're a Democrat. That doesn't apply if you're a Republican, especially if you're a Republican that supports Donald Trump. Then that certainly doesn't apply to you. And what is the remedy for correcting that, or is it just something we're supposed to tolerate? Throw them out en masse and get involved in politics and quit sitting on your butt and get involved in politics and throw these people out of office. Yeah, it seems to me that the legal redress remedy should always be existing anyway. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? 
or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing all front of the show, former state Senator Ted Harvey, Republican out of the great state of Colorado. Uh, he's also chairman of the committee to defeat the president at StopJoe.com. Additionally, he served as a White House staffer under President Ronald Reagan and again as district office manager for Congressman Joel Hefley. Uh, he, of course, himself served in Colorado's House of Representatives before moving over to the Senate. Uh, good to have you back, Senator. Appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much. You bet. You bet. My pleasure. Um, very quickly, the uh, matter person that I, whose name I could not recall, just it's had a brain fart, if you will, uh, was, of course, um, none other than Carter Page. He was the former uh, campaign advisor, uh, foreign affairs advisor for um, uh, Donald Trump in 2016. Uh, the reality is uh, they did lie, and Christopher Ray did apologize for their behavior. The FISA court uh, admonished them for their conduct. Um, those warrants were never deserved. They weren't properly predicated. Uh, turns out that uh, Carter Page had actually been working at the behest of the CIA, and that was the only reason why Carter Page was interacting with those uh, Russian operatives. He was doing so as a patriot, as an American, um, and instead of the FBI having that as a part of the paperwork that went in for, for the FISA warrant request, um, they, they removed it and therefore by default misrepresented the, um, the predicate on which uh, they were basing the request for the warrant. And it just seems to me that this government has been caught red-handed uh, misrepresenting itself uh, often enough for really most of us to have very little faith in any subsequent actions they might take, at least until we see some kind of overhaul to their to their behavior uh, and to the policies to which they adhere. Um, but let me ask you, do you think any of that took place as it relates to the lies that we've just seen uncovered 
uh, vis-a-vis Joe Biden's White House going after Donald Trump. Again, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, when asked about how long they were aware of the raid of Mar-a-Lago that was to take place, their response was at the time, well, we found out about it just as you did. Now we understand that they not only knew about it in advance, but put in the uh, access request for the FBI to do the very thing they did. Um, You say that there's never any consequences for people unless they're Republicans. I can't accept that. Uh, There must be in existence uh, legal infrastructures whereby remedies can be realized. Um, It just sounds as if they're not being enacted. Where am I mistaken? Well, there are legal remedies, and that is to go to court and file charges. And you look at the Durham investigation that's been going on now for three years. Um, he, the only time, the only place you can bring such charges is in front of a Washington D.C. jury. And as Durham has learned, you can't bring any charges in front of a Washington D.C. jury that goes after Democrats or deep state activists that um, would hold them to account if they went after Donald Trump or went after any Republicans. But if you want to bring forward sham investigation and sham charges against Roger Stone or Montefort or um, um, General Flynn, you can do that all day long because the Washington, D.C. jurors will definitely give a leftist prosecutor anything they want if they're going after Republicans. But Durham has taught us that they will not go after Democrats, and that's why Durham is so frustrated, and you haven't seen him bring forward any additional charges. Yeah, I'm remembering the uh, Michael Sussman case, uh, the uh, lead counsel for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Uh, Durham got him for having lied to the FBI. He did do it. He even, you know, they, they have records of his words, and then you juxtapose it to his claim, and you see there's a disconnect as a matter of language. Uh, he goes to trial, and the jury is comprised of, well, among the 12, you had three Hillary Clinton donors, one um, AOC donor, and one of the jurors had a daughter that played on a sports team with Michael Sussman's daughter. Now, I mean, that's, that's five jurors who never should have been seated, um, I mean, it, 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 it strikes me that the them, only way this can ever be re- – this can't be remedied unless you somehow get a two-thirds majority that could override a, a, a Democrat's presidential veto or, B, at least get enough of a majority in both the Senate and the House with a Republican president to alter the laws governing the way uh, the courts are run in D.C. I mean – Congress has ultimate authority over that, but they would still need a president's signature on board, would they not? Of course. And you, the, the way the system is made right now is if, if the charges, if the crime is committed in a certain jurisdiction, you have to bring it before a jury in that jurisdiction. And in Washington, D.C., the citizens vote 80 percent for the Democrats. So you can only <clears throat> dismiss a certain number of jurors. Um, for any type of conflict, and you're still going to get somebody from that 80% pool that is a leftist Democrat. So 
um, it's going to be hard to be able to bring any charges in Washington, D.C. I don't know why Durham doesn't have the ability, and a court would give them the ability to uh, change the um, jurisdiction for the trial. But right now, it seems to be that we can't do that. And I know Durham is very, very frustrated that he doesn't have the ability to bring any of these cases because we know for a fact that there is a lot of criminality between the FBI and the CIA when it came to Donald Trump and their efforts to bring down his administration. But Durham is unable to come forward and get any charges that uh, we could get a conviction on in Washington, D.C. Well, the Fourth Amendment, um, you know, is the one that talks about, you know, the 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 um, right of the people to be secure in the uh, Houses pay, uh, you know the 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 the, the, um, the the jurisdiction of judgment is one that doesn't always have to be with D.C. I mean, what if some of the activity occurs outside the nation's capital, even though it's federal? Does it always have to be in D.C. or uh, can't it be outside? Well, well, certainly, if it happened outside of D.C., you could bring charges. But whatever you're talking about, the FBI going to the FISA court, which is in Washington and buying to the FISA court, that crime was committed in Washington, D.C., and that's what uh, Durham is investigating, is what the FBI did illegally to try to bring down the Trump administration and influence our election. There's got to be something uh, that can be done about this, because otherwise we're talking about a rigged system, and that hardly seems equitable by by any measure whatsoever. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, Main Main Street Radio Network.com.